Welcome into another episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. Disruption is the name of the game in the auto industry today, perhaps at a level never seen before, and it's coming at all angles. An evolving ecosystem, data-driven changes, and a massive evolution of digital platforms. What's the next big thing coming around the corner in terms of disruption? What role does Silicon Valley play, especially as it relates to taking over the most valuable aspects of future revenue streams, including infotainment, in-car services, and telematics? In this week's episode of Automotive Insiders, we examine all sides of those critical questions with two guests well-versed in the subjects that are most essential to all sides of the industry. Peter Mathel and Henning Dransfeld are industry strategists at Infor and have authored a paper that examines the issues. Infor is also a platinum sponsor at the November 7th OESA Automotive Supplier Conference in Novi, Michigan. Today, they provide their view on a changing automotive world on this week's episode of OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, Peter, a pleasure to have you on the program. Welcome to Automotive Insiders. Thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. And Henning, it is a pleasure to see you as well. Welcome. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. So let's start off with the common topic that, of course, everybody knows. And Peter, I'll begin with you. We all know that the auto industry is being disrupted. We've been talking about it for a long time. We've probably spent more than a decade talking about the disruption and how this period of disruption is going to be bigger than any other period of disruption. But let me ask you this. Do you see this disruptive trend accelerating or abating? You know, that's a great question. And um, yes, it is indeed almost cliche to say that we are being disrupted, but I would also say that we're probably being disrupted more than any other industry in out there. That's just, you know, how I think we, we see it with an info. Um, but uh, I see the act, I see it actually accelerating. Um, and it's almost... Um, it's sort of feeding on itself, if you will. You know, it's the, if you look back, even, you know, if you look at history, right, the changes that occurred in human history were slower. And then as technology came along, it sort of gave us the ability to change even faster and it sort of fed on itself, right? And so I see that happening here. And of course, uh, even though the last two years have been a bit of an anomaly, shall we say, even outside of that, with the acceleration in the technology and the acceleration in the way the products are being designed and built, uh, you know, the entire, you know, the, the entire structural transformation of the industry. So I do see it as accelerating and you throw in a mix of geopolitical tensions and, uh, uh, you know, just a whole potpourri of things that are sort of coming from left field. So I do see that this the change and the transformation is only going to get become more complex. And Henning, when you think of Peter's answer, uh, feeding on itself is a, is, a, is a great way to say it. It's um, uh, uh, very illustrative of all the items that are occurring. What's your view of the next big thing that could be around the corner as it relates to disruption? Um, <clears throat> yes, I mean, I mean, uh, to, directly to Peter's point, one thing is that we see an accelerating, uh, acceleration of the disrupting factors coming into this industry. I mean, if you look at... Uh, what has hit the industry since the pandemic? Um, I, I don't want to count up all the all the different events which which led to logistics, etc., etc., etc. And now you see the the biggest nightmare of the automotive industry, particularly in Europe, uh, particularly in in Germany as well, uh, a, a possible trade war with uh, China looming, which would hit us um, f 
far more than Brexit would. Um, that's, uh, that's another thing around the corner, which would be potentially very damaging. But I think, uh, to Peter's point as well, for the transformation, um, there is the disruptions at one end. There's also the underlying trends which are fundamentally changing the business model through uh, digitalization, uh, the way people think about consuming the, the product car, um, which also has, has a uh, profound impact on this industry. And both are kind of hitting the, the industry together. So, um, so the need to change has never been greater or the need to accept that change is becoming the norm. Um, um, that's just a fact of life now. Yeah, fact of life and the fact that it revolves around a couple of key principles that you've written about recently in a paper that's been uh, delivered. Industry disruption, the evolving automotive ecosystem, data-driven transformation, and the evolution of digital platforms. Peter, take us on the journey of how those concepts came together in order to create the paper. No, you're sure, Jason. Uh, so... It, it, it was indeed a journey. And, um, you know, we collaborated with the uh, Center for Automotive Research, as you probably know, on this uh, topic. So we had uh, four of us who collaborated. Um, and really, it started by, of course, so we, we, of course, we look at what's happening in the industry. So I'm, I'm just kind of going with how it evolved in, in our minds, right? So we looked at what was happening in the industry. And that, of course, and of course, we have our own point of view in terms of trends and wh where that's going. Uh, you, you take that along with what we're hearing from our customers, right? And so, and then you look at what's happening and we looked at what's happening in terms of the way the stakeholders in the industry were no longer what you might call the traditional stakeholders. So it's not just the OEMs and the tier suppliers. It's now, it's a whole variety of players. It's, it's the, you know, it's, it's the telecom providers, it's the content providers, it's the municipalities, it's the, uh, the, the makers of drones and other, you, you, know, you name it, right? There's this whole broad, group of so everything has been basically it's it's all different than what it used to be it's not business as usual so we looked at that and especially given what's happened in the last couple of years and we've all become overly uh, or i would say extremely aware of the need to to have visibility and to be able to collaborate and to be able to anticipate all these things that have been happening so all of that started to come together so okay so we've got all these trends in the industry we've got all these players who need to work with each other now and really because everyone's in it together so it's sink or swim together so we've all so everything starts to kind of come around this and then, of course, you've got the traditional IT architecture there, which was the old, quote unquote, old ERP. But now, how can we, how can these people all collaborate together, all these entities, right? So it, that, that hub and spoke uh, model started to evolve in our minds, like, okay, so there's this core, which is this digital, what you used to call maybe ERP, but now we can consider it a digital platform because it's the central hub. That uh, that everyone and everything communicates through, and it enables that communication. And of course, I'm I'm oversimplifying to some degree, but that was the concept. So it's like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's all these players coming together. This 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 concept of this hub and spoke started to evolve, and then that, of course took us into where we as a company have also been going, by the way, this is not something new for Infor. Infor has been deliberately architecting our um, solutions to be uh, more modular, to be able to integrate with our customers' uh, legacy landscapes, et cetera. So we've got things, we've been going in that direction too. Anyway, so it all came together. And then, of course, you have Gartner, who recently has published this uh, this uh, concept of composable ERP, right? Which is the concept of you're not locked into one ERP vendor. You can have a core, but then you can tie in. If you've got the right tools, you tie in 
to a, a group of different applications, which may be best for need, if you will, right? So that's kind of the journey of how it all came together and how this concept of this digital platform uh, involving all these stakeholders, et cetera, came about. And, and, it's all, the, and of course, data is the glue that really binds it all together. Sorry. It, yeah. It, yeah. And some of those new stakeholders are the players that you didn't even uh, get into much depth on, which is Google and Apple. Oh, yeah. So what mm-hmm. role, Henning, I'll, <clears throat> I'll just turn to you on this. What role do you see the Silicon Valley players such as Google and Apple playing, and will they take over the most valuable aspects of, of revenue streams? Everybody now is talking about inv- infotainment, in-car services, telematics. Where do they play in that space, Henning? Um, yes, this is a very interesting one. And uh, there's actually an observation we made also in the market when we were looking at uh, what, what is a, what is a really high-value fields to cover and, and what's differentiating uh, the successful players from the non-successful players in, in, in the market. And obviously, once you start looking at that, uh, you look at uh, Apple and the way um, they have uh, introduced a su- success model in the smart uh, uh, mobile market. They have replaced Nokia as the most valuable brand in Europe, uh, a company which had 40% market share needed to be regulated, uh, suddenly uh, became a niche provider because of the, the new equation Apple had um, tying content, applications and device together. Um, and obviously, we have a parallel in the automotive industry. Uh, when you look at the market evaluations, there is um, Tesla, which is uh, um, uh, valued about uh, 10 times as the largest two OEMs, Toyota and Volkswagen, even though they will never get there uh, in the next years in terms of volumes of cars sold. That's impossible to, to, to achieve um, uh, unless they, they, they really uh, build more gigafactories everywhere. Um, but the big question is, so so why are they so highly valued? And uh, a lot of uh, investor, um, capital investors or, or capital analysts actually see them not as an automotive company, but as a technology company. They have already built this kind of platform. They can aggregate services much more quickly. They can uh, adapt to changes like the trip crisis much more quickly by changing the design of their centralized uh, fleet and the way it's steered. So... Um, they have a model um, where they're just more agile and more, more flexible. But we also see the value proposition uh, of the product car shifting from um, the old, uh, you know, uh, how big is the engine, how powerful is it, uh, uh, the suspension, how good it is, uh, um, these, these uh, factors where Tesla sort of matched the mainstream. They're not perfect. They're not the best. They're not comparable to a Porsche, but they, 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 they match. Uh, and then they're better on other things like the services inside the car. And that's also where Google and Apple sta- are starting really to play very hard. Apple is now um, um, eyeing the cockpit. And I mean, when I bought my, my BMW, I had the choice of pay, uh, paying 300 euro for um, getting Apple CarPlay integrated into my big dashboard. Um so that's a decision you make because um, already the navigation system uh, or my application Waze, for instance, is much more dynamic. It's cloud-based. It's much better than what BMW provides me in the car. So, so kind of it becomes an easy equation. But also Apple is losing me. Uh, uh, BMW is losing me for part of the the, the usage in the car. Um, and now Apple is going to the cockpit. So they're going to the core functions, which were dominated by companies like Luxoft, um, really ingrained with the OEMs. Um, 
And the, and that becomes a dangerous factor of choice for the manufacturers because the people know Apple, like Apple, and will choose Apple. And maybe they choose Apple over the car brand in future. So so that's the big danger here, where uh, those companies have to react. Um, they are doing it. They're trying to do that. And they've uh, already decoupled things like research and development is no longer a separate function in the manufacturing process uh, uh, chain. Uh, where first you had R&D, then you built the car, and then you amortized the R&D cost over the lifetime of the car. Now, R&D is software-based and continuous. If you take autonomous driving, uh, the things which uh, um, BMW can offer, um, they will bring into the fleet of the cars with a certain platform maybe five, six years ago um, and continuously upgrade that. Um, so it's, it's no longer a question of um, one-time model at a one-time uh, place um, <clears throat> and then with the next one you get innovation because you buy the upgrade model innovation is subscription based comes on top and, and is immediately available but for that you need a lot of analytics to understand your customer and that's another area the OEMs have struggled some only have uh, relationships with their customers through the bank through the finance organization because um, there's a dealership organizations in between and now um, they have to get much better in actually understanding their customers' requirements, uh, analyzing them and reacting quickly to that. And that relates back to Peter's point about the, the digital platform and, and the analytics. It is, yeah. a, it is a wild world and, and, and a wild uh, set of gates to have to navigate around. Let's end with this, Peter. Let's end with this question. What are some key takeaways from all of this? What, what are you... What do you take going forward and what should suppliers really be thinking of as, as the world continues to be disrupted? Sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, probably the, the number one thing is that business as usual is not going to work. I mean, I think we've, we've talked about how the, the, the industry and the ecosystem is changing and, and how everyone needs to, I think, and it's not just about the technology, Jason, it's also about uh, equally, maybe even more so about the culture of the automotive industry, which has typically not been one of a lot of collaboration and trust, right? But I think in the last couple of years, we've realized that everyone has to work together. And so that culture and trust has to change and OEMs and Suppliers have to be able to work better together, realizing they're in it for you know, mutual survival. Um, there's that piece of it. I think uh, another piece of it is that, um, you know, um, when you look at agility and scalability and, and sort of visibility, this these are really buzzwords that they're buzzwords, but they're really the, the coin of the coins of the new realm, if you want to put it that way, right? And I think uh, of course the way to achieve those is through these. Uh, architect these, these insight-driven platforms with data as the, you know, be able to harvest and analyze the data. So there's, since it's really important to be able to have the right technology and, uh, and also business process infrastructure to support this transformation, right? So there's that. And then I would also say, last but not least, if you look at the infrastructure that underlies all of this from a technology perspective, right? It's really, really important to to consider the multi-tenant cloud and not just cloud per se, because cloud can mean many things to many people, but specifically multi-tenant cloud, which means that basically the reason I say that is because it's the multi-tenant cloud that gives a, a, a company uh, the ability to be constantly 
on on the top of their game because it's most current with the most current functionality, right? And the most um, so it gives you the most current functionality, it gives you the scalability and the uh, the the agility, etc. That we talked about. So having a multi-tenant cloud foundation, that digital backbone, if you will, I think is another key element uh, going forward uh, to to sort of thrive in this new world. If that makes sense, Henning may want to add a couple of things if, if you've got time. Yeah, Henning, Henning, final thought for you. Um, yes, exactly. Um, but I, I would say, yes, we, we already discussed it. Um, the challenges have never been greater uh, and the need for change. Um, the things which are hitting the automotive industry, um, they are enormous. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, as Peter already outlined, the technology potential for building a more agile um, company have never been greater either. And what you cannot afford any longer is get your organization and your old way of doing things in the way of choosing the best right technology to 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 make your company more more, more agile and uh, multi-tenant yes absolutely uh, it comes with a great pain that you have to do more work on your processes more work on your cha uh, on change and workflows but ultimately uh, only a fully standardized platform across all your different factories gives you the flexibility you will need to to, to survive in this age yep we started by saying that the world is being disrupted like no other. You have put a fine point on all of that, the two of you. We will be watching with great interest and reading with great interest. And let's not forget that as a Platinum sponsor, we will also see you at the Automotive Supplier Conference November 7th yep. in Novi, Michigan. And we look forward to hearing more of what uh, you have to say at that event later on this year. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. Thanks again to my guests, Peter Mithel and Henning Dransfeld, industry strategists at Infor. And thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time.